0: the SPS Digital Learning Hour.
1: Brought to you by the Digital Learning and Assessment Department.
0: Thanks for joining us today. I'm your host, Mike Thomas.
1: And I'm Suzanne Zargis.
0: We're bringing you the latest news in Springfield Public Schools in regards to technology along with inspiring interviews from teachers who are using technology in the classroom.
1: We'll also inform you of latest updates, practices, and news as it pertains to our district. Whether you are new to using technology in the classroom or are a seasoned vet, we are here to help.
0: With us starting season two today, we just wanted to go back over why we're doing this in the first place. One of those reasons is that we are doing the podcast to help you, our listeners. We know how busy everyone is in education and how difficult it is to find uninterrupted time to read about new technologies and think about how you can implement it in your practices. This podcast goals are to give you the information in a way that you can access anywhere at any time.
1: Our podcast is a way for you to hear about exciting work your colleagues are doing across the district and the most up date technology news that applies to the district as educators we have a lot to offer each other and share and this is just one way for us to leverage the technology we have to get the news out to you
0: the show will have the following segments in case you missed it this will be the time we update you on the latest blog posts and system updates hot takes place where we discuss things that we have been learning about intersplaced with our opinions we are hoping that we can inspire discussion and share our thoughts
1: after hot takes will be the interview of the week followed by a time to discuss discuss comments and a question of the week which will apply to what we have discussed during the show
0: when we come back we'll catch you up with this past week's news with in case you missed it In case you missed it, Yammer has been a communication tool that we've been starting to use quite a lot in the district. I think we're almost up to a thousand teachers using it. It's a way for us to contact each other across the district in a way that we can share documents, we can talk to each other from different schools, we can share ideas and help each other learn and grow. That is what we learn is all about.
1: In case you missed it, the H drive is now going to be read-only. So, if you haven't already, start moving your files to the OneDrive. Check out the training videos on Microsoft Stream, and if you still have questions after viewing them, feel free to contact DLA Support at SpringfieldPublicSchools.com.
0: That's it for in case you missed it. Coming up next, Hot Takes. This week for my hot take Suzanne it's all about digital note-taking strategies that deepen student thinking I saw this article on MindShift, and I thought it would be a great way to start our year and talking about different technology tools as I was reading through it there was a lot of great points that came up one is that technology is starting to overtake classrooms everywhere every grade all the way from preschool all the way up through your last year of graduate school. One of the things that I remember doing in school was taking notes and having my notebook and taking notes. Ah, I repeated myself, but that kind of happens. With my process, I did a lot of doodling or I tried to write down everything the teacher was saying if it was a class I was struggling with, which after reading this, I'm like, oh, I didn't have the best note taking strategies because my doodling didn't make sense because it'd always be like the same thing, which is the one or two things I can actually draw. (laughs) Or the idea of just writing down word for word what someone is saying is not really good note taking. And but that was kind of how I was taught was you take uh, the notes are everything the teacher is saying. I don't know how it was for you in school
1: oh mike as always the articles you pick get me thinking in so many different ways but you you started off with exactly uh, what one of my main points when reading this is that to begin with the most important thing is to teach how to take effective notes and i agree in the beginning stages i did the same thing i tried to write down everything the teacher was saying i wasn't necessarily a doodler but I completely understand that everybody's mind works differently. And you have that whole group that doodles, and another whole group that's more the outline type mm-hmm. of person. Um, I probably wrote way too many notes. Trying to get every single word that the teacher was saying. Um, I'll let you continue. This is a, a great article.
0: <laughs> so one of the things I really liked in one of the early paragraphs, they used the word harbinger, and all I can think of is like harbinger of death. Like it's somebody that's coming in that is like it's a very bad thing. It's a word that I associate with bad bad things happening. But that's not necessarily true. But then uh, they used it as um, let me find exactly where I said it. So when taking. No. When note-taking serves as the primary use of technology in the classroom, these studies become a harbinger for technology opposition. University professors have used this data as a rallying cry to ban laptops in their class. and K-12, teachers have cited these studies in arguments against one-to-one programs. But, one of my favorite words in articles like this, however, says, however, none of these studies question the teaching methods used in the classes themselves, or whether teachers are recognizing the power of digital devices for students to create, share, connect, and discover information. It goes back to like, in some ways, the teacher not understanding how awesome this tool can be. Exactly. And, and or the way that they teach their class. If it's a lecture class where I think of like Goodwill hunting, and in there's one scene in that movie where the classroom board is completely full, and you can see students furiously writing down everything that's on those boards. Nowadays, those students, those same students would just take a picture of it.
1: Right. And the question would be, would they go back and look at that picture and read what was on the board? But all of this, again, um, reiterates the fact that education is just changing so quickly and so drastically. And it's a matter of having an open mind to say, okay, kids don't have to take notes the same way I did. 40 years ago, there's a lot of positives to digital Mm note-taking, just as there's a lot of positives in using the plethora of technology tools that are Mm -hmm. available. And it's that mind shift that has to take place to say, I know, I get it. (laughs) Uh, It's the mind shift that's required to be willing to try new things and to not put up that wall saying, oh, I'm going to do it the old way. You have to be open to Mm -hmm. try it and see how your students respond and allow your students to teach you what works most effectively for them.
0: Right. It gets away from how you are and how you were as a learner and still are as a learner and puts it back onto the students. One of the things with note-taking and where many studies say that it's beneficial is when students are able to summarize, synthesize, or draw conclusions. Those are three skills that move up the ladder of higher-order thinking right there. And being able to do that with your notes instead of just regurgitating what was said to you is much more important because someone can sit there and they can learn to write by copying the encyclopedia. But if they're not reading it and understanding what they're doing, then all they're doing is copying.
1: Exactly. I think if we go into some of the specific examples, Mike, of Mm -hmm. how uh, digital note-taking can be, it'll help our listeners understand what we're talking about.
0: Yeah, I think so too. So first one that they talk about is the digital organization and content curation. When I read that, I'm like, one, they talk about OneNote, and I'm like, we have OneNote. Yay! And then I think about how awesome OneNote can be in this process of note-taking. But I also think back to when I was a student and I had my Trapper Keeper and I would keep my notes in that Trapper Keeper. Heaven forbid if one of those three ring holes was not quite perforated correctly, or I pulled on the paper too much and my notes disappear because they fell out of my notebook. To me, the first part of this step is like the student needs to have an organization structure to them, whether the technology is pen and paper and notebooks, or it is OneNote or Evernote or name your note-taking tool. So I think that is really important when it comes to these. And then with these digital tools, it also allows you to tag notes so like if you are going through your history notes and you want to like look at everything that talked about war because maybe your final paper is like a culmination of like how war has changed society instead of searching through every page that you create in like a OneNote, you can tag sections with this one was about war this one was about enlightenment this was about war And then you can pull all those notes up at once to help create your summary and your synthesizing and your drawing conclusions and all of that.
1: Exactly. So rather than flipping through three different sections of your notebook or three different notebooks, now you've got everything online. You can search on one keyword and immediately you know exactly where that information is. How much time does that save? Mm -hmm. A
0: lot. I, I would imagine a lot for those people who are copious note takers. So, I mean, that's the first thing to me that jumped out is like this idea that we can organize it easily. The next thing, which I almost said with the last thing was the ability to do notes in different ways. And then I think about one of the trainings I did this week with OneNote. There is a tool in OneNote that allows you to record what is being said, and it types it up. And it also can translate it for you. And it can also, for those students who have a hard time reading, it can read it back to you. And I just think about all all of our students who have a hard time focusing in class, but They are extremely bright and given the right tools, they can do amazing things. And like this is where online note taking or digitized note taking, however you want to put it, really comes in and using something like OneNote. Because you know your students, you can have that student sitting up front in the classroom, have them hit the record button in their OneNote records for you. It could record audio. It can record. um, They call it uh, dictation. And so it can Record, and yes, these things are always not perfect, but even a person writing notes that's listening, they might still mess things up too. So, I think it's one way to like, to me, this this was probably the biggest takeaway, is like this idea that your notes now can be more than just word, what the person said word, what the person said word, this is what I think they said, type thing.
1: Right, I have to say, when I first started reading the article, I was, I was leaning towards, as you know, I'm always more of the book in hand versus Mm -hmm. online reading. And I I almost leaned the same way with the digital note taking thinking, well, how much are they really um, digesting when they're typing versus pen and and paper? But um, as is usually the case, by the end of the article, I (laughs) had flipped my opinion. Um, because it is an ideal situation for students to show their teachers um, the best way that they learn and what they need to organize all of the information that's being presented to them. So I think is you need the right support from teachers to use this effectively. But um, I do love the idea. One of the points that was made um, a little further on was the fact that when they're taking notes digitally, the pages never end. Mm-hmm. Think of the students that start writing, and as silly as it sounds, they get to the end of the page or the end of the, the section of that notebook, whatever it may be, and they think, oh, okay, I'm, I'm done. I have enough notes. I've written enough. I have enough notes to pass the test. Mm-hmm. And um, digitally, that never happens. You can just keep taking as many notes as you want.
0: <laughs> yeah, I can, I can see that, especially when... The most important thing ends up being the last thing, but you ran out of room, so you never wrote it down. And then with multi multimodal notes, that's a mouthful, and digital organization, the next part that really comes up is the concept map, which is what you started to allude to. And concept mapping starts to lead into what your article talks about, um, because it's no longer just words, or it's not what I was talking about before, which is the audio of it, but it also starts to involve pictures and for some people they call them the doodles because if the way that they doodle they remember oh when I did this this is what he was talking about so like that's how some people's minds work and that kind of amazes me sometimes because I'm like my mind doesn't work that way like I'm doodling it's because I'm bored <laughs> not because I'm paying attention as closely as I should be
1: right and I think that um, not that this that that isn't true in some cases mm-hmm. in the classroom yes I'm sure some students are doodling when they're bored but I do believe that some students when they're doodling are putting down meaningful images that help them remember. And in my mind, all the the ways that teachers have to constantly remind themselves that children learn differently is the same way they need to be open to all the various technology tools. Mm -hmm. Something's going to work for everyone. And so even though uh, I loved my article with the power of visual note-taking. Again, this is paper and pencil. This was from uh, Education Week from August of this year, where an elementary art teacher is training her peers to help their students uh, learn to draw all of their notes. And it helps them with their comprehension when they're reading a story. Um, and in Really, every content area. She's now trained teachers across in every content area how to do this with their students. So it's very powerful. Uh, And so I I started thinking, all right, this is a perfect contradiction and a great Mm -hmm. debate topic. But by the end, I I realized, well, no, they can still do everything using technology. Mm -hmm. It'll be a little bit different, but they can still have that visual image, whichever image works for them, and it'll probably be faster than doing it pen and paper and less distracting as long as the supports are there mm-hmm. um, and it, it will help overall with the understanding and synthesizing of what's being presented.
0: Yeah. The idea of like visual notes, it has been a new one to me, but then I think about some of the more effective like YouTube videos that I've watched and all it is, is you have the professor or person talking and it's somebody drawing a picture of what they're talking about as it's going along. And, like, that's the visual note-taking part. Exactly. Which, as for me, I'm like, I pulled more out of that video than I would have because I actually tried. I compared the two because there's a couple of really good ones for, from TED Talks that somebody took and turned visual. And I'm like, I understand better with the visual notes than I do with listening and reading the transcript
1: notes. Very interesting. So it
0: was that was kind of mind blowing for me. And then also thinking about like how we organize our units right now. I know that's the there was a lot of work this week with mapping out a unit. And with that mapping, they had little visual representations for each things. And so yes, some of their many of their visual representations were just the words, but that's still a visual representation. And so like they were mapping out how they were doing it. Some some teachers, some schools, they use big chart paper and they lines everywhere and circle back and all that. Others, they sat there with a calendar and like organized it that way. So like even in those meetings, like they're organizing their notes on what they're going to teach during that unit visually. And I think that's one thing that we tend to forget sometimes is that words are visual. It's a, like text is visual. It is a form of of a picture. It's just lettered format. So
1: I think I, I understand what you're saying there, Mike. Um, when you talked about the, the mapping of the curriculum, definitely the, the visual images are going to be more memorable than simple words. Although when you look at a page, I'm looking at, at your page of this particular article that has text Mm -hmm. and an image. Yes. I will remember how that page looks. And I could say, all right, we were talking about, the fifth paragraph, and that was two thirds of the way down the page. I will remember that. Whether or not I'll remember the specific words in that paragraph mm-hmm. is a different story. But, um, you know, I definitely believe that visual images are more memorable. And I, I always remember um, when I was getting my master's, one of my professors for special education reminded us that what is good for students with different needs is really good for everybody. Mm -hmm. And I think this is the prime example of that. It's not just for certain students that learn more visually, it's really for everybody. Everybody's gonna benefit Mm -hmm. from, from using this.
0: So to continue on with our thinking here, I think it also um, to help kind of elaborate a little more is it helps students make connections. And when we make connections, that's when we tend to learn and remember what we're doing. I, I know how to drive home because I made the connection of the signs that it takes for me to get home. I can be anywhere in the city and I can drive following without looking at a map. I have my visual connections. Oh, I make a right here because that's where the Cumberland Farms is to continue driving down if I'm at this point in the city. Or I make a left here because Taco Bell should be on my right after I make my left. Like, those are all visual cues. And just like with our note-taking, like, our words that we write, our words that we draw whatever we do in our note taking like if there's not a connection to it we're going to struggle to remember what it was for and we're going to struggle with remembering um making the connection to that particular piece of content so like if we're learning about sharks and i'm doodling a shark i'm going to remember oh yeah we were talking about great whites that day because i made my shark as big as i could and i wrote little notes on like they have really strong jaws so maybe we're the Mouth is there's a note about how strong their jaws are, but like that would be my visual notes. Like the one in my article here that they show basically looks like a road map or like a subway map. The more I look at it, the more I see subway, but then I turn around and I see, oh, there's Batman in the middle of it. And I wonder what that was a connection for for this medical student during anatomy class. And then they have like little visual representations along the way of parts of I'm gonna guess parts of the body or like organs on the inside, because that's what it looks like to me. But I, I mean, the picture is too small to like really read what it says. But the idea is that it makes your connections and makes that content real to you so that you remember it.
1: Exactly. That, that's critical. If, if, it, if it's not uh, meaningful to you, if you can't make that connection, you, you, you're never going to remember it. Another point that uh, I highlighted in this article is the fact that it's a challenge for educators, uh, or maybe not all educators, but um, it, was a, it was a twist for me to be able to view digital note-taking as a unique, necessary, and completely different skill set to be taught. That's absolutely true. And I didn't really think about it and realize it until I read this article that we, we should be adding this like everything Mm -hmm. else, Word and Excel and Office 365 and and learning management systems and Mm -hmm. and everything. I do believe that this is something that we need to pay more attention to and support our educators with um, to start getting on board if they are not there already to help support our students with their digital note-taking because I'm Mm -hmm. sure as they progress through the higher grades and on into college, Um, Um, they need to be proficient at it. So we'll be looking for additional tools to add to their toolbox.
0: Yeah. And that is, I think, the last part that I was going to pull out of this too was part of our job, me and you and... Brendan and Denise, is to help all educators with integrating technology into their classroom. And this is one of those things that we can help with. We have ideas, we have strategies, but we don't have students. You have the students. And so that's one way for us to help. And as educators, we're, like I mentioned before, we're so stuck in the way of like how our note taking was. When we start to apply our way to students, that's when we start to see the disconnect.
1: So Mike, to wrap this up, I think walking away from from this article, I know now that digital note-taking is an important skill that can help students engage with ideas, synthesize concepts, and build the critical thinking skills that they will need to be successful learners in the future. Thank you very much for this article, and I hope you enjoyed my article as well. Coming up next, we will be interviewing Lisa Bukowski at Boland Elementary School.
2: with me i'm lisa bakowski i have been in springfield public schools for 28 years so i was a i actually started as a substitute teacher from substitute teacher i went to classroom teacher for 13 years then became an assistant principal and then a principal
0: have you been in the same building the whole time or
2: no no, I actually taught, I've taught in four schools um, and then as assistant principal at one and as as principal for three different schools. All so right. I've been around.
0: <laughs> so you've been in the district long enough to see technology go from mimeographs to yes. everyone having a laptop.
2: Oh my gosh, yes. You just reminded me of those purple sheets. <laughs> those mimeographs. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: so talk about those early years of teaching or all of your years of teaching, I guess, because they would be... Without the 28th, it would be your earlier years. So what was that like in regards to technology in the classroom?
2: So in the very beginning, um, there were these things called floppy disks that we used to insert (laughs) into computers that were pretty big. That was what the the new technology was. Um, You know, I came out of college in early 90s. And so all of that was just starting to hit the market. You know, when I was a student at Central High School, we had this first thing introduced to us it was electronic mail. And mm-hmm. it was like so cool because mm-hmm. we could send a message to other students in the school. That was as far mm-hmm. as it went. Um, but that was we were all hyped because, wow, that was so cool. Um, So then when I became a teacher, we did we had computers, maybe one in a classroom with floppy disks and very, um, you know, when you look back, very primitive um, graphics, um, you know, everything was like dots and lines and mm-hmm. very old school. I had the fortune to work at Brunton School back in the early 90s, and um, they became what was called the laptop school at the time. My students in third grade each had um, a little word processor with a little handle. It did function. It did have internet connectivity back then, but it was very um, spotty, very, very spotty. So it was very difficult to do lessons at that point because, you know, the class of 24, I may have had three kids who are really where I needed them to be because of the internet and the the, um, capability to support mm-hmm. all of that um, so you know that was really neat though the kids got to bring home their um, their laptops and um, every night and they would were responsible for charging them and bringing them back the next day you know, when you look at that, that was like a lot of years ago. So that was like maybe, I don't know, 25 years ago we were doing that. And that was really the advent of technology in, in, in education, especially especially in my own career. Shortly after that, probably about maybe four or five years after that, we had laptop carts. So they the laptop cart came out and... Um, people were petrified to use them. So there was one in our school and um, I volunteered to have it housed in my classroom because selfishly I got to use them as often as I wanted. Whenever someone, you know, it wasn't signed out, I got to use it. So I began to kind of play with, um, back then we were doing a lot of web quests Mm -hmm. and um, creating um, pages with links for students to go out and research um, they were just starting to do some word processing. I taught them PowerPoint. Like, that was huge. That was, like, the <laughs> biggest thing ever. Um, at that time, my my skills actually got me invited to present for the state um, on technology wow. in the classroom. Yeah. And when I, laugh, I look back now, I laugh, right? Because... <laughs> Now, what I was doing with my students, I mean, we could do now in preschool, but it was cutting edge back then. Mm-hmm. And I just really saw the need for kids to be more involved and more active than they were as in my class, even though I think would like to think I was a dynamic teacher. <laughs> um, you know, you're not always reaching all of the kids. And... Um, and you could also differentiate. So what I would do is I'd create like web quests for those students who were excelling, so they could kind of go further. And then I'd create those that for students who were having difficulty reading at the time, and so I could differentiate back then. And um, that was a big selling point when I came became an administrator for a long time. That was still the path that we were taking, like mm-hmm. a cart kind of. Um, classroom um, and there were computer labs where students could go and they could do like number blasters and Oregon Trail and all of
0: those I will things. tell you this, on my personal Brightspace course, I have Oregon Trail. Do you really? So, yeah.
2: Oh my gosh, I'm going to have to check it <laughs> out. So, <laughs>
0: so I, I feel you on that one because <laughs> I remember that when I was a kid, is that was the coolest thing. It's like, oh, we get to do Oregon
2: Trail. Wasn't it cool? It right? was awesome. So. And, and I remember even having a one desktop in my classroom. And um, there was a program, and I can't remember the name of it, but it was maybe it was shapeshifter. But the uh, it was a math program where you had to replicate um, a geomet- geometric mm-hmm. shape, like by shifting it or flipping it, and those sorts of things. So we did it as a class. So I had all twenty eight kids surrounded one little desktop. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what do we do next? In you know, but that was interactive at that point. Where we have come is amazing. I mean, it makes me really it 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 really puts things into perspective. When you think about, you know, when I was growing up and you heard the stories about, you know, well, we didn't have TV. We listened on the radio and you're thinking, Oh my gosh, you're so old. So (laughs) now it's me saying when I was a student in school, I didn't have a device and the kids look at you like you're crazy in a short amount of time. We've come so far. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. You know, your whole world is in your hand literally when you have a, a phone that's connected and. um, Our students they're so well-versed you know I I was I'm always in awe when I see a toddler going Mm. through an iPhone or Mm. an iPad and they know exactly what they're doing we've yeah we've come such a far way so when I became an administrator one of the one of the cutting-edge technology pieces that we tried were clickers Um, I was principal Mm -hmm. at Sumner Avenue School and we tried using clickers to take assessments and we were like the pilot school to do mm-hmm. that. And you know I can remember the apprehension on the teacher's part because they thought, oh my gosh, our test scores are gonna go to pot because they don't know how to use the clickers. Of course, the kids knew how to use them in a second. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was kind of um, really innovative at the time. Fast forward now, probably about set eight years, and here I am mm-hmm. at Boland School, and students are using laptops like, every single day. They're using technology. Mm-hmm. Um, We do have, we are very adamant about following the district's policy of one-to-one. So every third through fifth grader has their own device all day long. They travel with it. Um, They are, last year, our fifth graders brought them home. Um, This coming year, our third, fourth, and fifth will bring them home. It's just transformed education incredibly. Um, So no longer are you expected as the instructor to be the master of all knowledge, Mm -hmm. um, which was kind of the case in the past. You would say if, you know, you were asked a question, you would say, hmm, that's an interesting question. I will get back to you. And now it's transformed to let's take a look at that, you know, and and students have the the resources at their fingertips.
0: Yeah. Um, So with moving to Boland and what you've done so far last year, there was something pretty, pretty innovative that you've done. Can you tell us about that?
2: Sure. So um, we have a district, uh, we have a digital learning team in our school, a DLT, and we meet monthly. And um, there were folks that self-selected. And I also invited a couple of people who Mm -hmm. um, may not have had leadership roles in the past, but I thought could excel as being a leader of technology. And we decided to create a professional development day. That focused only on technology. And I know that, you know, the push is always well structured lessons and rigorous Mm -hmm. lessons with technology supporting it. But if they don't know what exists out there for tech tools or how to support the, the instruction, they're just Mm -hmm. they're going to flounder and they're not going to want to try it so we said this is what we're going to do we're going to teach them a tech tool and we're going to help them try it with us um because you know we've all been to professional development where we're really really excited when we leave and we're really excited to go home and try Mm -hmm. it and then time gets by and we've never tried it this was you're going to try it today i'm going to help you and then you're Mm -hmm. going to know how to use this tech tool so we had members of the uh, digital learning team digital leadership team um present a tech Mm -hmm. tool that they felt comfortable with. In addition, I asked the folks that I had sent to the, to the discovery ed trainings, the series Mm -hmm. we had, the digital, um, Leadership Core. Yep. Is that what it is? That's no, what it is. Um, I sent folks to that. I asked them as well to present a tech tool. And I asked both assistant principals and myself of myself to present a tech tool because I thought it was important for them to see that we learn <laughs> together. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just not teachers that are out of their comfort zone. So neither of my principals, assistant principals were extremely excited about using technology. <laughs> so this was a challenge for both of them. Um, but I made sure I let staff know that. I said, you know, they're, both of them are even trying something. So I created a Google form where they had to select um, different topics that they wanted to attend. And then we rotated through the school. So by the end of the day, every staff member learned six tech, tech tools, had time to practice the tech tools, and had a resource person that they could follow up with after the day was over. It was by far the best professional development I've ever been part of um mm-hmm. and the teachers had the same feedback they really felt like you know in short pieces that they were able to learn so much in practice under support and it was uh, it was teachers teaching teachers mm-hmm. right so that was one of them and, it, and i made sure when i asked the people it was people who you know aren't the tech geeks like myself they're people that you know were trying new things and they said well you know what if, if she can do it i can try it so, it was a huge success. We loved it. We learned a lot, and they've asked for more professional development in that kind of setup for this year.
0: So, now because of how successful it was, are you planning on doing another full day, or are you going to take your three PD days and kind of do half days, or like what's your plan going forward?
2: Good question. So, um, the district's has is um kind of pulling some schools together to do a professional mm-hmm. development day in november which we're going to be part of and i'm and i'm suggesting that some of my people lead those sessions because they are so good mm-hmm. um, so we are involved in that our shift um this year to the other two professional development days are going to be kind of marrying the content with the tech tools so we we kind of taught the tech tools in isolation mm-hmm. like this is what you could be doing but now here's the content and this is how you do it so we're going to continue th- that model i would like to see it do half and half so that mm-hmm. the morning would be more of content without technology and the afternoon mm-hmm. like okay so you created this great um, unit of study and now this is how we're going to embed mm-hmm. technology into it um, with using teachers as the leaders of those groups
0: So in being a principal, how has technology really changed what you've done since you've been a principal long enough in the district to kind of see things come and go and new tools come up? So how has it changed you being a principal?
2: i constantly teaching myself new tools. Um, I just created my first Sway. Yay. <laughs> um, for, uh, for convocation mm-hmm. that's going to actually happen tomorrow, but it's actually taking time and going, going through the catalog and, and, and teaching myself these tools and, mm-hmm. and implementing them. And, and I said that to staff the other day, when we were in professional development, I said, while we were all practicing a tool. I practice Sway. So cut me some slack on Friday <laughs> if it's not perfect, cause it's my first, first one, but I, I model Mm -hmm. using technology at each of my staff meetings. um, I'm introducing a tech tool or showing them something they can sign up for with their students so that they're able to see it in front of them, modeled, mm-hmm. and then they're going to replicate that. I'm also part of a committee in the district that is on Computer Science for All, so it's a grant through the NSF, and that we're hoping is renewed. But kind of looking ahead at how to how to embed computer science into everyday classrooms. So we're I'm a little. I think we're above the learning curve here. So mm-hmm. we're trying to get teachers to be aware of the standards that do exist already and how they can, what they're doing already. It meets some of the standards, mm-hmm. but how to kind of bring it another notch. So I'm modeling that for them, you know, teaching them uh, coding. I mean, everybody mm-hmm. goes to coding when they think of computer <laughs> science. There's so much right. more to it, but like coding, even that people aren't sure what that is. So mm-hmm. bringing those things to, to like, I also have a phenomenal instructional te- technology teacher who is able mm-hmm. to assist as well. Um, one thing that I found that was really important last year that I did is that I made him more of a collaborator with teachers as opposed to um, a prep time teacher. Mm-hmm. So he ran our PLCs every once a month, He was the person who was running the plc so teachers would come in and and they he would have researched their unit and he came with ideas of how to implement technology into their units Mm -hmm. in addition i've released him half day every week to go in and co-teach lessons Mm -hmm. meet with teachers um, help them plan and it's been amazing um the collaboration that's occurred how else has technology helped? I mean, everything, almost everything I do is electronic. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, these papers that come across my desk still make me cringe because it <laughs> needs to be electronic. But everything, I, my communication with staff is mm-hmm. all electronic. I'm now, um, I give a weekly staff update on Sunday nights so of what to come this, what's to come the following week. Um, always done an email. My uh, instructional technology teacher now has introduced me to a notebook. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to be putting them all in the notebook so teachers can look at them. Um, I attended the Discovery Education um, Den, where where they have principals from all over the country come. Mm -hmm. I represented Massachusetts and learned a lot of um, productivity um, tools to make my life easier, Mm -hmm. but also how I could lead the learning in the school. That was a tremendous resource to me. I would highly recommend that to any principal as an opportunity to go.
0: So what is that again? So we can just make sure that we emphasize it. It's DEN.
2: It's the Discovery Education Network. Um, So it's a conference that's held in the summer for a week long for principals. Mm -hmm. It gives you ideas on how to lead learning and technology in your schools. And I went there thinking I was a pretty big shot and found out I was a real <laughs> little shot because I didn't know like a fraction of what some of the other principals across the country knew. And that's, that really was an impetus for me to start educating myself more on, on different things. Yeah, it, and it is, and you know, it is important, you know, and, talk about education and having having, having, have relevancy to students and this is kind of a way to 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 marry their their home and their experiences with digital tools at home Mm -hmm. as well as you know in school i can remember being in um in high school and i just go off on a tangent but (laughs) um all i ever wanted to do in my life was be a teacher was like my goal from when <laughs> I was three years old and I can remember being dissuaded in high school because I was told that you know there's going to be a time when there will be no teachers students will be taught by a computer <laughs> and I was like oh my gosh but it's it it's all about a balanced classroom right? right so it's all about you know getting so much from technology but really there is a need for that teacher in there too
0: Yeah, I think we've been hearing that message now for 30 years. Yeah, right? (laughs) I think I remember hearing that when I was in in college, being like, oh, teachers are going to go away because it's all going to be done on computer. Yeah. Nope, it's got to be, there is a marriage there between the two. Absolutely. So with a little bit of time that we have left, what is something that you're looking forward to for this school year?
2: So when we learn in the um, Springfield Public Schools this year, we're moving from experimenting to expecting. So my expectation this year is that everyone is using technology in a authentic way to support their lessons so we may have some people in the building who still feel they're using technology when students go to a center activity and they use a standalone program for Mm -hmm. an intervention but that's not really using technology to um, embed it in your curriculum Mm -hmm. Um, so my expectation is that they're actually using it in a meaningful way that's going to, to augment their lesson I'm putting my the my money where my mouth is, and I'm actually um, requesting every teacher, um, do a an do an announced observation this year using technology. Mm. Um, I thought that. With the unannounced observations, it's hit or miss, whether Mm -hmm. or not you're catching somebody using the tools. But this year, they're going to be expected to um, schedule an announced observation, be prepared, know when I'm coming in, perfect or not even perfect, but try that tool Mm -hmm. before I come and that pressure is put on you for an evaluation. Um, But that's part of it this year Mm -hmm. is like expecting every person to be using it from physical education Mm -hmm. to grade four to a librarian, everyone mm-hmm. is going to expect it to use it. So I'm excited for that. Yeah. I'm sure I'm going to learn a lot. <laughs> I'm sure by watching, you know, preschoolers interact with technology. I'm so I'm going to pick up nuggets from people that I didn't have. So um, again, I'm emphasizing the whole we learn. Mm-hmm. But that's what I'm excited about this year is seeing the whole gamut and the expectation that it is going to happen for every mm-hmm. child in this school.
0: That's awesome. So last question. Okay. During the week before August PD, that's when we have our new hires. Traditionally, they are all in a meeting together. If you had the opportunity to stand in front of them, maybe you have before, and I don't know that, but if you had that opportunity to stand in front of all the new hires, what would be your advice to them?
2: My advice to them is, it's a great question, and it's making me shift gears because I don't think my advice to them would be technologically based. I think my Mm -hmm. advice to them, it would be relationships are the most important part of Mm -hmm. teaching, and that's relationships between you and your students primarily, you and your colleagues, you and the students' parents. You've got to develop the relationships. If those relationships don't exist, then instruction is going to be challenging. Um, once you develop relationships with students and they trust you, they will do anything for and with you. Uh, if you don't have those relationships, it's going to be an upward battle.
0: All right, well, thank you for your time. I My know pleasure. That it is late in the afternoon and you have the opportunity to go home. So, well, thank you.
2: You're very welcome. Thank you for the opportunity.
1: Great interview, Mike. Thank you so much for for meeting with uh, Mrs. Bukowski at Boland Elementary School. I hope our listeners enjoyed that as well. Loved everything I heard about how her teachers are using technology and about her PD day. Her enthusiasm around the fact that we're all learning and the fact that that's catching on, that her teachers now have seen it in action where they can learn from their peers, they have time to collaborate, learn together. Then they've got their resource resource to go back to.
0: Yeah, and that resource is not just a document, but it's like an actual person who is probably down the hall from them. if you've never been to Bolin. Bolin's a huge school. So even the fact that they are doing this, it's a great way for them to like build school community too. But like, I learn about Simbalu, and I get stuck on something. So on my prep period, I'm gonna go walk down the hall to the person who taught me about Simbalu. Like that is priceless. Yes. I'm like, we can't provide that for people. Like, like we can make training videos, we can make training documents. Lord knows we've made a lot of them. But we don't have that one to one connection with people like a colleague in the same
1: building. Exactly. And I love the fact that they weren't all the tech geeks. These were all the teachers in the school that were teaching each other. And the fact that she's constantly teaching herself new tools, another great example for her faculty. Uh, I can't say enough about it. I I was just... Mm Very, very happy with the whole interview, and uh, I'm sure other principals across the district will be contacting her (laughs) to find out exactly how she's done all of this, and I can't wait to see how her year progresses.
0: Yeah, and for me, being someone I would consider myself, even though I've been in the district now for five-plus years— on seven plus in Springfield teaching. Like for me to kind of like hear like where they came from too. Like I only know about the mimeograph because of doing an interview with somebody else who had been in the district just as long. And they talked about using the mimeograph and the the barrel thing and you roll to make the copies and just like how they've gone from that to where they are now. And just even hearing her journey of being like, she volunteered to have the laptop cart when The laptop carts first started like in her room because as she put it, she selfishly (laughs) wanted to use it all the time. And so because like though you can see the like her progression of like where she is now with using technology and where she's trying to get her staff to be in using technology like she was that person who was at the very beginning and then just kind of continued to move forward with it, which is for me, it's a really cool history lesson of the of schools in the district
1: right and what i love the most is not only her enthusiasm for using technology and integrating it in lessons but at the end of the day what she wants new educators to know is that relationships are the most important so for Mm -hmm. anyone out there who is so fearful of using technology because they think oh it's going to take away the teaching job or it's not going to be as beneficial as a teacher in front of the room Obviously, that's not the case. Relationships are number one technology. Just
0: just like everything else. Exactly. And so, like, even we even talked afterwards. We ended. She's like, oh, that last answer wasn't really. I'm like, well, it was because there are tools that we're using in the district. There's tools that I know you guys are using here, like Class Dojo, which help with making those connections. I'm like, so even though your advice wasn't necessarily to use a piece of technology, it was to get that relationship which is probably the most important thing when it when we all boil everything we do down because without it we're just going to be running our heads into brick walls um i also found it interesting like clickers like i remember when i first started in the district that was the big thing like you're gonna in the clicker your test and I took definitely took me longer than it took the students to do it especially because the students that I have being fifth graders they had been doing it for a couple years already but like that was that was like the first thing is like and then I had to sit there as a teacher and monitor and watch and Miss Strong came into my room to help make sure that things were working right the first couple of times because I definitely was not sure on how it worked so like that will again more of the history of like that was like cutting edge ten years ago.
1: Right. So as scary as that was for you, as unfamiliar as you were with mm-hmm. the clickers or clickers. Clickers.
0: Clickers. I'm pretty sure that's what I'm right.
1: sure there's a lot of people that feel the same way right now with everything that we're rolling <laughs> out. Just keep in mind that we're all on this ride together. We're all learning and we're all going to keep trying new things. And ten years from now we'll look back and say, Remember
0: that was our interview with Lisa Bukowski over principal at Bolin. So we'll hear more from Bolan teachers this year because I actually have a couple of them already scheduled or interviewed already to hear about their viewpoints of it, which again, you're going to hear a lot of the same things from each of those teachers which is great. For this week's question of the week, this is our first week back. So we're gonna try something that's slightly different with it. We're gonna have the same question all month and at the end of the month, we'll be able to compile your thoughts on it. The question will be posted on Yammer so you can respond right there in our podcast group on Yammer. For our question of the week, is all about digital note-taking. Tell us your thoughts. What do you think? Is it something that you're doing already? Is it something that you want to do better? Is it something that you're, as far as you're going to go digitally, is with pen and paper for your notes? Let us know. You can leave us a message on Yammer in the SPS Digital Learning Hour podcast group. You could also send us emails at DLA support at Springfield We are also available on Twitter. My Twitter handle is Mike SPS DLA. Suzanne.
1: My Twitter handle is Suzanne SPSDLA. All
0: right, so there you go. Those are all the ways that you can reach us. Anytime you have questions, comments, concerns, maybe you want to be part of the interview process and be interviewed and be on the podcast so we can talk about all the great things that you as an amazing teacher are doing in the district. Let us know. I'm Mike Thomas.
1: I'm Suzanne Sarges. And we'll see
0: you next week.